SUB students, and welcome back to the Retort Podcast. How has your guys' week been? Quite busy for me. Me too. There's been a lot of stuff going on this past week that I'm quite frankly glad to be over by, by this point. But we just got to start it all over again. Yeah, again. But this is about the time in the school year where, you know, homework starts to get a little bit more intense and things start to ramp up a little bit. And yeah. You're out of the, you know, like school just started. Mm. It didn't just start. So you have to do more work now. So Yay, a little school. bit stressful. But um, I did actually get to go see Ben perform at Jazz Fest, which was pretty Ben, do you want to talk about that? Sure, yeah. Um, So for any of you that were unable to show up, um, that's absolutely fine. But the event was pretty much an all-day event here on campus at MSU Billings. And uh, it's a big event where a lot of high schools and even middle schools come into Billings and um, they get to see a concert performed by the college um, jazz ensemble and um, even get to see some guest stars from around the world even, uh, not just the country. Um, But um, there's a bunch of high schools and a bunch of middle schools that come in and they have the opportunity to perform and get adjudicated and critiqued by um, either faculty here on campus or faculty and even the guests that fly in to perform. Um, And like I said on the last episode, um, our guests were Jamie Havorka, who is uh, the lead trumpet player in the band The Eagles, and uh, and we had a professional saxophonist um, by the name of Camille Thurman, who came in all the way from New York, who's one of the leading black female jazz musicians in the country. She was awesome. She was very, very She was incredible. singing, too. She was... Yeah. The whole package. A saxophonist and a professional singer. Like, yeah, she was awesome. She's definitely, like, such a great influence to have in a place like this. Such a nice opportunity that you guys get to meet people like that. Absolutely. It's, and it's fun to have everybody learn about these kinds mm-hmm. of people in the in the world it's pretty great but that was pretty fun we had like a, a, probably about a two-hour concert but yeah. it was good it was it was really packed I couldn't I was telling Ben I couldn't even get a seat until I showed up right at seven yeah so I couldn't <laughs> get a seat until uh, uh, Camille and the trumpet player were done mm-hmm. so I just stood and watched <laughs> the entire time yeah they they opened the segment with the with a small uh combo ensemble and then the rest of the big band got to play so it was pretty neat yeah it was pretty fun that was pretty much the highlight of my week last week wonderful so monday february 14th is in fact valentine's day as it is every year Ooh. um um, MSUB Women and Gender Studies on that day are doing a Galentine's Day, which usually Galentine's Day is the day before Valentine's Day, isn't it? Or is that Friendsgiving is the day before Thanksgiving? 
I honestly don't know what Galentine's Day Me neither. Is. It's supposed to be like where you get with all your friends. It's like it's like the Valentine's Day version of Friendsgiving. Interesting. Yeah, huh. I don't know. So it's just an, like an opportunity to get together with friends. Yeah, like go out for to dinner or something. Mm. I don't know. Um, it's 90s theme, so um, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Valentine's Day in L.A. 201. Head over there and get some sweets, some swag. <laughs> I'm reading it right off the ad. Sweets, swag, and there's a raffle. So if you're into, if you're a particularly swaggy person, yeah. this event's for you. If you happen, I'm talking to you, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. <laughs> we I'm know there. <laughs> you happen to have a lot of swag. <laughs> we understand this. You better bring it. Of course. <laughs> Can't get enough swag. <laughs> also, um... Every Wednesday in the Sub Bridger Room, the Native American Achievement Center does beadwork nights. And I did not know about that. And that's kind of interesting. It's a great way to learn a little bit about some Native American culture and make some cool artwork. So it's every Wednesday from 6 to 8.30 p.m. So this is something that I've been following in my, in my independent time. Um, but for those of you who are keeping up with things, um, those of you who know the Hubble Space Telescope, is uh I don't know if it's technically retiring, but uh there's definitely going to be an improved replacement that's gonna that may already be launched, I think. Um but I think NASA is producing um what they call the James Webb Space Telescope, which is supposed to be pretty much the same thing as the Hubble Space Telescope, but a um, hundred times better. So, um, have you have either of you like seen images that this Hubble Space Telescope has captured from? I did a segment on it for the for a class because we had to talk about um, communication processes that were like making the. How the guy made the glass and how it had to be like perfectly rounded. Mm -hmm. It was a whole tobacco. Yeah, um, that's a that's a whole deal about it. And there's a um, there's a bunch of iconic uh, space imagery that has been released to the internet um, that is iconically from the Hubble Space Telescope. Um, and I'm sure a majority of you are familiar with a lot of these images. Um, but um, how the Hubble Space Telescope works is it mainly functions with a huge mirror, like in as, about as perfect condition as you can get. And, uh, and pretty much, I mean, the, the new James Webb telescope has a lot of improvements about it compared to the Hubble. Um, but one of the main improvements is in regards to the mirrors, like the the James Webb telescope, uh, instead of just like a regular mirror, has a lot of like gold hexagonal mirrors, and it's like... So it's yassified. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's quite yassified. <laughs> It's blinged out with all that 
bling, all that gold. Wonderful. But it's pretty much, it's pre pretty much bigger and better version of the Hubble Space Telescope. Yeah, and I mean, I guess we probably saw that coming, right? With technology changing sure. and everything, yeah. there's always going to be the next best thing. But it's, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Just the Hubble Telescope sounds way cooler than whatever you said. The I honestly the James agree. something. The not very cool name, unfortunately, yeah. but... I mean, can't win them all, right? <laughs> yeah. It makes up for it in sweat. I mean, the discoveries are what it's about, I guess. For sure. <laughs> oh, man. But, like, uh, it's kind of exciting for a lot of people because it's kind of uh, improving the probability of potentially finding uh, life out in space, which is a big thing that people talk about a lot. Do you guys believe in aliens? Yeah, that's yep, the most definitely. common question. But do you? <laughs> I would like to. Ben yes. doesn't believe in aliens. <laughs> guys, somebody, I do. Call, somebody call the conspiracy theory I want to. I want to meet foreign life. I, what if aliens are like, are, there's a bunch of theories that aliens are already here, and they have been for a while, and they live among us. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Dun, dun, dun. It's pretty big speculation. We'll have to do a... An episode on aliens. On the next episode, we, that we, taught, we will do an episode <laughs> on aliens. We will be discussing and determining whether aliens are real or not. <laughs> yeah, we you will be personally first. figuring it out. <laughs> I will be on the phone with the Pentagon. <laughs> we have at least eight scientists with three PhDs each. Each. <laughs> each. Oh, man. Keywords, so, PhDs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, and just another cool anecdote about the new telescope is that they were saying that from the distance between the Earth and the Moon, the Hubble Space Telescope could capture an image of a bumblebee. And, like, pretty much, no one can see this, but, like, almost like a small plate size like magnification That's and insane. exquisite detail. So it's extremely powerful. So crazy. Ooh. <laughs> a bumblebee from the moon. <laughs> Space bee. But yeah, that's the situation with the new the new and improved Hubble Space Telescope. Yassified. The Yassified. Hubble Space Telescope. Hubble Space yeah. Telescope. <laughs> the Yassification of the Hubble Space Telescope. <laughs> Another interesting thing that I wanted to bring up that I found kind of comical is that those uh, most everyone knows about the M&M's company everyone's had M&M's before They're what's your before we continue what's your guys' favorite type of M&M I like the and peanut butter and why is butter. it peanut butter peanut butter <laughs> <laughs> peanut butter is the best or peanut ones are really good too have peanut you ever had ones the caramel are pretty good. ones I haven't had the caramel the caramel ones. ones are good you, like you get a handful of them they're fine but you can't eat like an entire bag to yourself you know? Yeah, I would imagine that would be, like, really, really rich. Like, the peanut ones? Game over. Like, I can eat the whole bag. Yeah, absolutely. The peanut. Give me Netflix and peanut <laughs> M&M's, and I'll be set yep. for, like, two hours. Peanut and peanut butter M&M's. And then just also the mint, mint, mint M&M's. Oh, yeah. Mint, mint, mint chocolate M &M's. is really good. Yeah. Some people out there don't like mint chocolate. There's probably a lot of different kinds of M&Ms out there that we might not even know about. There's like the pretzel ones, and there's ones with Rice Krispies in them, and ooh, the mini M&Ms are really good too. 
I don't know why, but they taste oh, so much yeah. better than the regular size M&M's. They're kind of just fun to eat, though. They are. They which are. might be the point. <laughs> Possibly. But They are fun to eat. It's, it's like, I don't know. They're just, they're just tiny. Yeah. It's like... It's like that kind of appeal for like miniature mm-hmm. regular items. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to that, I'd I'd say. Yeah, it turns out just like four of them, four different kinds of MMs flavors. As oh, there's been, way more than that. Yeah, but just just based on the official website. There's oh. almond MMs, coffee nut MMs. Yeah, I should try the coffee coffee almond MM. That was it. The coffee coffee flavor MMs. That's not that bad. That's interesting. I like coffee. I see stuff. raspberry mm-hmm. M&M's. I'm sure the possibilities are quite endless. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's like... Have you guys ever been to the M&M store? I think it's in California. And there's one in New York. Or is it in New York? It is New York. You're right. Really? No, no I haven't. I didn't even there. know there was an M&M store. We can go there and you can get like a bag full of just red M&M's. Or, like, just blue M&M's. Really? Yeah. You could just pick out Even a color? Even though they all taste the exact same, it's just a different color. That's kind of fun. Yeah, or you can get pink ones. You could go there and come back and, like, flex on people. Like, yeah. you got M&M's, but I have all of this color. <laughs> have you... <laughs> do you guys like Skittles? Yeah. Yes, I do. I hate Skittles. I like Skittles quite a bit. I, don't say, I won't say I hate Skittles, but if I had to choose between M&M's and Skittles, I would pick M&M's. M&M's any day. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would have a similar opinion. Skittles are too much work. I almost, I don't know. I can't really speculate. The sour Skittles are really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sour candies are good Mm -hmm. in general. Mm, My mouth's watering. (laughs) All right, anyways, (laughs) controversy. Yes, there's an M&M controversy because uh, the M&M's company have, like, M&M mascots. Have you seen them before? Oh, the sexy green M&M? Yeah, the yeah. sexy green M&M. Those commercials <laughs> always make me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel like I should be watching There's a this. lot of interesting commercials that they've made. There's one that has particularly not aged well. Um, but the main controversies that um, the M&M's company had redesigned a few of their M&M or probably all of their characters, but for some reason, they made some changes that rubbed people wrong for some reason. (laughs) What'd they do? So. No more sexy green M&M? They, they changed the green M&M. Well, first of all, uh, they changed, before, M&Ms used to have like a skin tone, like a, a unified skin tone. So, what they did to that is they kind of made it a little more diverse and applicable to the, each M&M character. So, like, some M&Ms have, like, uh, like some sort of, like, hue or tinge that's relevant to their character. So mm. it kind of adds some uniqueness to each of them. Um, that's not really very... What everybody's mad about. That's not really what people are mad about. Um, but people were upset about the green M&M and the brown M&M. Why? Which are both female characters. So what they did with the green M&M, the green M&M used to have, like, high heel shoes. They are like boots, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah, they were, like, tall, high heel boots. They were, like, sexy boots. Like, say, 
Yeah, because we're sexualizing M&Ms now. Yeah, which is pretty much what was happening or why people are getting upset um, because they got rid of those tall boots and they just put normal, like, flat sneakers, like tennis shoes on the green M&M. And people are like, why did you do this? Like, so she can be more comfortable. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. Like, that was my first thought is like, not everyone likes to wear heels. Like, they don't need to be wearing heels all the time. Like, MMs do not need to be sexualized either. Honestly, they don't. Honestly, it's kind of weird that people care about this. It's kind of, it's a little bit weird. (laughs) So, and, and, Really, the whole debacle revolved around the shoes because people got upset about the brown M&M shoes because the brown M&M used to have, like, the thin heel stiletto shoes, and they changed it to shorter, like, block-style heels. So they're like, really? You're you're making all of these M&Ms less sexy, and I'm upset about it. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious! I don't yeah. even know what to say to that. Like, who cares? It's just M Ms. Why would anybody? Be yeah, there? they're just M Ms. They're candy. Like, you know, eat. It's not how a many real thing. people go to the store and buy M Ms because they thought of the M M&M M characters? Like, definitely not me. Nope, me neither. I've never had that instance before. Those commercials always weirded me out too, and it was like overly, like sexualizing the green M&M and like yeah. like you could, like it was with her legs and everything I was like what the <laughs> yeah. I should not be watching this like, right now <laughs> like mom why is where's this the remote advertising happening I don't know I've always thought that was weird the personification of M&Ms in general yeah but that's just me I guess it sells it's marketing marketing takes us weird places mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by design and now it's time for Stories with Jordan. All right, so I got two, two pretty good. In- I got two, two good interesting story stories that I found interesting. The first story story is grit is in is that it's just something that separates the most successful from the rest. It's the passion, perseverance, and stamina that we must channel in order to stick with our dreams until they become a reality. Travis Bradbury, Compton Athlete, Chiro Scholar. Story of Kaylin Moore. Growing up in Southern California, Moore's family struggled financially. Dinner often came from the dollar menu at McDonald's or Carl's Jr. There were times when Moore's mother didn't have enough money to feed all three of her kids. She was a cake. You can only get one item, more recalled, so I would just do push-ups to take the pain from my stomach to the pain in my arms. Sometimes more did push-ups until he passed out in a pool of sweat, but he also built up his upper body which helped him excel in football and that helped him reach college. Rather than give in to the many burners on his shoulders, nugging him closer to the ground, more literally pushed back. Growing up, encountering domestic abuse. When he was six years old, his mother faced tirelessly verbal abuse and constant threats of violence. From her husband and Moore's father, the family was forced to move him and, and his two siblings out of their five-bedroom home in south, southern, southeast, eastern south, southern California suburb of Moreno Valley and to the South Valley, Valley of South, south LA city of Carson. From there, Moore, Moore, and, Moore and his family ha- 
a four still lived in fear from his father who would stalk and, in, and intimidate the family along following their physical and legal separation. That chapter only ended when Moore family killed his living girlfriend in, 2000, in 2009. Lewis Moore is currently serving life in prison. Wait. Hold up. So, the story's about, what's his name? Caleb Moore. And his dad killed his girlfriend? His living girlfriend. Yeah. That was a curveball I did not expect. Yeah, I didn't expect to hear that either. What? While living in, in while living in Carson, Kaylin grew up in a in a neighborhood where gang gang violence, drugs, and poverty were often simply part of everyday life. Every day became a constant reminder of the nearly impossible path out. The trials, the tribulations we went through were in were insurmountable. Said Moore's mother, Kaylin C. J. Taylor Moore. Any one of these events will have killed killed a lesser person. In 2004, another event turned Moore's life on its axis. This was when Taylor Morris brought Kaylin and her younger son Chase to the park to sign, sign them up for football with the Falcons Youth and Family Services, an organization that has been a grantee recipient of the LA84 Foundation. He was a very skinny kid, said Johnson, the co-founder of Falcons, very quiet and very reserved, but man, he was determined. From the jump, the program filled Morris' re relentless drive to succeed. His first year was also the team's first participating in the, in, in the Snoop Youth Football League operated by Snoop Dogg. Morehead has not only played two, two years above his grade level with a group that hadn't played, played together before, but he also happened to be the team's quarterback. I said, I said his coach had lost his mind. Kaelin had lost his mind. His mother lost his mind, Johnson recalled about, about the first year. They got beat so badly, but he learned so much. By the end of that year, my nickname for him was Big Heart. Big Heart? Yes. Because he got beat so much? Because he had that heart, heart and that oh. drive that basically separated, separated himself from everybody else. Did you say Snoop Dogg? Yep. See, I thought I heard that, and then I was like, no, Bria, this is a story about football. Snoop Dogg is not in it. Yeah, that completely went over my head, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. So he's Snoop. What, what does Snoop Dogg have to do with? And uh, so, Snoop, so in California, Snoop Dogg runs the Snoop Football League for the youth. Oh, Snoop Football. Oh, there's a youth Snoop. Yeah, football it's on. League. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Oh, Dang. okay. Yeah, so. I did not know that. Yeah, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, and, and and plus there've been a couple of famous NFL players that came through, came through the, through Snoop Snoop League as well. Now the reason why Snoop Dogg is the best. Kaylin still faced the problem so many youth in low low income communities must grapple with life without a father. While Falcons provided almost all of its participants with jerseys, cleats, equipment, post game meals, and other items that would otherwise be un, unable to afford, the actual value was in in the life lessons Johnson and his staff taught taught through the sport. Moore soon became involved in the Falcons MIT men in training program. Falcon staff would take the football players to Dodgers game, the beach, and other activities to show the youth a world outside, insula outside the insulated streets of South LA and give them the goals to achieve through ac academic success. It was such a great environment to be around positive male role models, seeing how they interacted with each other and conducted their lives was quite impactful for my masculinity and manhood, more recalled. 
Recalling his early Falcons experience, it was extremely difficult in the inner city for a single mother to take a young boy from boyhood to manhood added Taylor Moore. That's where the Falcons came in. They had men of honor that mentored my sons. For Moore's family, Falcons soon became become a family affair. Chase followed his brother onto the football field. Moore's sister, me, Kaylin, became a cheerleader for the youth teams. Miss Taylor Moore, Moore started started summer conditioning camp for for the teens to keep the kids active and safe during the months that where they were out of school and later became the first first female coach in history of Snoop League as well. Okay. After playing playing for the Falcons, Caitlin attended Burbum Day High School as his football star continued to shine. As a high schooler, Moore balanced, balanced quarterbacking for the Verbum Day Eagles and returning to Falcons to serve as the offensive coordinator for his mother's football squad at Jackie Tatum Park. Even as a teenager, Moore not only prepared himself through life, through life through the power of sports, but took the lessons he learned to get back to his community. Being involved in sports expands and enriches your life, Taylor Moore said. You serve a purpose. You keep the burning torch. With the Falcons, Moore not only gets back to get back with this time, but continues to make an impact through his story. Pain does one one or two things. It paralyzes you or empowers you, Johnson said about Moore's path. Kaylin's story is is the one we continue to save your kids from hard, abusive backgrounds. If you want to give up, you just can't give up. This is not the end all for Kaylin. This is just another step in this journey. With the father father in prison for life, a mother of being being a victim of domestic abuse and a daily environment filled with drugs, gains, and crime, Kayla Moore was almost set up to, set up to become a statistic. Yet, sports and, and the support it brought helped flip the narrative in an environment where gains have gains and crimes and crime, gains, crimes, and poverty all, all all around us. We continue. We had a diamond in the rough at the park during the hours of six to eight o'clock during the football practice. He said. After graduation, came came to a full scholarship to play football at Maurice College, and in 2015, Moore transferred to TCU for a chance to play, to a chance at playing college football at the highest level. In the classroom, he earned a scholarship in 2014 to attend the Fulbright Summer Institute in England. In 2017, Caleb Moore became a Rhodes Scholar, a 2019 graduate of the University of Oxford in England, where he earned her where he earned his master's degree in science and Latin American studies. Caitlin is currently a doctoral student at Stanford University, aspiring to becoming a sociology professor. As a scholar, scholar Caitlin looks forward to researching the seamlessly interactive issues of gang violence, poverty, and how they affect it by policies that have been implemented to harm African American and Latino communities. His experience growing up in Compton and South LA South Central Los Angeles informed his scholarly interest. He also plans to conduct interests on gain association in Latin America and write about his theory on dream in, dream inequality, which is illustrates the factor that constructs aspirations for youth in adverse in adverse circumstances. Wow, it's crazy how high school sports can be such an escape for children struggling. Really just take that that drive to succeed and take it to the very end. It's inspiring, it really is. Yeah, makes sense too. It's definitely, sports are a good outlet. For sure. For that kind of things to, for sure. you know, to focus on that's completely separate from the rest of your life, but. And story number two, and this is, the, the second story is honestly my favorite story I've 
I've ever heard 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 about and also written about as as through through his story yeah, as inspired which has inspired me as well. In addition and in addition this this man has has that drive and perseverance that that is honestly honestly it's like one one of the things I, I aspire to aspire to achieve as well. And be courageous, challenge orthodoxy, stand up for what you believe in when you are in your rocking chair talking to your grandchildren many years from now. Be sure you have a good story to tell. I'm all Clooney. Man from Kirkwood to motivational, store, motivational speaker. The story of Inky Johnson. Inquirious jo Johnson was born on February 12, 1986, who grew up in a household of 14 people in Kirkwood neighborhood of Atlanta, Georgia. Outside the house, prevalent, prevalent drugs, crime, and widespread violence. Yet he chose to stay on a straight path to pursue football at a young age. Inky and his cousin would race light poach to light poach to get the training. While playing football with his cousin, a on a random night, a random blue truck pulled up on them, asking them if they want to play football. Originally, the uncle, as soon as the uncle seen the truck, they they literally spit. They literally spit and ran away from the truck. And they yeah. told Inky, yo, Inky, get out of the way. That's the cop. That's cops. We're getting out of here. But turns out, God. but turns out this this was a bless, blessing in disguise. As as soon as the coach coach pulls up, he just asks. The coach asked Inky's uncle to play organized football, but they didn't have their funds. And fortunately, the coach offers offers to pay the fees for them to play as well. So, so they didn't even have to pay. They didn't have to pay really? like the necessary fees. Yeah, they didn't have to pay. What a lucky experience! Awesome. Uh, it also highlights like how much your coach in high school impacts the rest of your life, whether it's a good or a bad coach. Bad yeah. coaches can ruin a sport for you. Those leaders are quite important mm -hmm. for the mentors. For they're the not, well, there's so much more than a coach, too. Yeah. Someone that you spend time with. Um, I think of my high school basketball coach. Like, he was someone that we'd have dinner at his house. Like, we'd go bowling. And just he taught me so much more than basketball, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I had to add on to that, too. Same with college coaches as well. Mm -hmm. and, and I think, like, a lot of people probably, a lot of people probably, well, maybe like mis misconstrued like like yes, college coaches are harder on, are much harder on you compared to high school high school athletes. But but in reality, like like from my experience, I've I've learned learned so much so much and gained gained so much knowledge like outside outside track and field just simply from from being around my college coaches as mm -hmm. my as when I first joined joined college joined joined college over at over at um, Highland Community College like my my former co my former college. Coach, coach, like he was a he was a former military veteran as well. Yeah, and it's, when you step into that coaching role, I don't think a lot of people realize like how much you are impacting the lives of the kids you coach. Yeah, it's like an entire like spider web emotional impact, mm -hmm. just from one person. Oh yeah, I mean I tell you right now I've been traumatized by coaches and I've been. Um, just absolutely, I've absolutely adored my coaches before too. So I, yeah. I know both both ends of the spectrum. Coaches are very important. Yeah, believe me, like they're they're probably the most underrated, yeah. underrated position. Oh, and underpaid too. Goodness. Yeah. After practice, Inky would decline any rights to take him home to to stay on the field and make his mom wait to continue to do drills so so that he could play in the NFL. Every time Inky would connect connect his eyes with his mother, he would dig deeper to to push himself even harder. 
He was a star football player and attended Krim High, High School. According to Rivals.com, he was listed as a two-star athlete, yet he received doubts from adults and even from, from his school security guard who told him that he was going to end up, end up like his uncles. Inky would tell people he would go D1 football, yet the security guard said that he would end up in cell block D1. The coach at the University of Tennessee wants to offer, offer a full-ride scholarship, but Inky didn't, didn't pass the high school, high school graduation exam at the time, in which Inky played with the coach to let him have the scholarship. Coach Lass said, son, I don't think you understand the whole process, process works. Inky responded, said, no, I don't think you understand. You're talking to a kid who, who grew up in a two-bedroom two household living with 14 people infested with roaches and ratchets. And every, every morning before getting on the bus, I would have to shake my book bag and, and jacket to make sure there was no roaches and ratchets. When I say I'm coming, I'm coming. As you don't have to waste the university's money on me. I don't need to see the campus or city. You offering me a scholarship, I'm coming. Inky takes an official visit to the University of Tennessee. After dinner, the host shows up offering him, a, offering him to show, show the nightlife, nightlife of the city. The host asks Inky if you want if you want to attend a sorority party, a cookout, or a basketball game. Nevertheless, Inky chose to go back to the hotel because he has a king-size bed. But at the time, the host didn't understand the environment where Inky came from. It will be the first time ever, ever for Inky to be able to sleep, sleep on a bed by himself. In Inky's words, I think I care, I think I care about a sorority party. think I care about a barbecue or basketball game. I called my boys back in Kirkwood telling them that the school gave, gave, me, gave me a king-size bed. In the end, I thank the coach and still thank him to this day for not only changing my life, but for the whole generations like you don't even know you touched. Wow, 14 people in a two-bedroom house. Yeah. That would be horrible. It's probably how imagine. a lot of people live. Yeah, it would not be very much fun. And Inky broke the generational curse of being the first generation, generation college student. Against all odds, Inky Johnson signs to play, play football at the University of Tennessee. While on the team, reports were throw shots at Inky, questioning whether he would see the playing field or, or is he there, there just, to get, just to get free money from the university. In response, Inky said that I will play. I will become a starter. While he didn't start his first year, he will become... He will play special teams and work his way up onto the starting role. While maintaining the same work, eth work ethic he had back in Kirkwood, a year later he was able to gain 20 pounds of muscle and earning a starting role, starting role playing cornerback in his sophomore year. At the time, it was, he was viewed as one of the best corners in the country. Junior year, while in the film room studying the Cow Bears, Inky's position coach tells him that he's projected as a first-round draft pick in the NFL. Inky will all will Inky all will have to do is play ten more ten more football games and, and instantly he's a multimillionaire. Millionaire. Inky was extremely hype and extremely hype and he called his mama and grandmother about the promise he, he made that, that he would become a that that would become to fruition. While on the phone, Inky said, We will never miss another meal. We will never experience another Christmas where we had to stand on the side of the curve just to be grateful. Pause. Let's take a step back. Imagine being in his shoes. Imagine growing up, sleeping on the floor. You're dirt poor, living in a two-bedroom house with 14 other people, having to grind away from an environment filled with drugs, violence, yet having adults and peers around you telling you that you'll end up in cell block D1, that you'll become a drug dealer or gang member. In addition, all the events leading towards the mission start to line up, 
and you just have to keep controlling what you can control. Not only that, but on your first college visit, your host asks you if you want to attend a sorority party, a cookout, or a basketball game. Nevertheless, you chose to go back to the hotel you're currently staying at all because the hotel has a keen spice bit. The host didn't understand the environment of where Inky came from. It would be the first time ever sleeping on a bed by themselves, all while being the first generation of family member to attend college and graduate from one of the lowest performing high schools in the state of Georgia. And yet Inky could have easily gone to one of the best high schools in Georgia for all four years and easily gotten a full ride scholarship to any D1 university in the country. In his junior year of high school, he transferred to Crimble High School to prove that he could go D1 from there. Then his cousin, siblings, and everyone that that said that there were and everyone said that there there were no excuses for them to not pursue the aspirations because Inky knew he may be the only one to do so. Back to your story. In the first first game versus Cal Bears, Inky had had six total tackles, one interception, and two pass deflections. On September 9th, 2006, second game was Second game, Tennessee was facing Air Force. It turned out to be a dogfight as again, he produced four tackles. With two minutes in the match, Inky becomes charging at the Air Force running back, and, uh, and at 160 pounds, he has to, in which case, he has to generate enough force to be able to tackle the, guy, tackle the guy. And as soon as he makes a routine tackle, boom! Inky recalls, Inky recalls being blacked out as it seems like I lost every breath of my body to where I fell onto the ground. Then shock eventually stayed onto my right arm. I was laying on the ground without having the ability to stand up. His teammate, Mike Mayo, comes, comes up to him and tells him, Come, Inky, let's roll. Roll, hop on up. That's a good hit. Um, unfortunately, Inky was like, Bro, I can't move. And, as soon, and, and soon he lost all feeling as, as, he's, as the feeling came back except for his right shoulder. Inky Johnson has, has been carted off off the field and vividly remembers the crowd chanting Inky Johnson clap 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 Inky Johnson clap 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 and and he pumps up his left arm and asks the trainer to lift up her, lift up his right arm sh showing the showing the supporters that that you know he's gonna be back like don't worry it's just probably just a typical root typical shoulder injury like like this like this is shouldn't change his life forever and soon Inky is rushed to the hospital while laying in the hospital bed. Inky caught eyes, caught his eyes with his father, and and his father's like, "I can't do it." And his mother kisses Inky forehead, telling him that everything's gonna, everything will be okay, and walks out. Fifteen minutes later, I mean, fifteen seconds later, the doctor bursts through the door, yelling, yelling to the nurse, saying, "Yo, Inky, need, Inky needs to go go get you to the ER, or or else he's about to die." Imagine you're at the hospital thinking. Thinking you suffer a shoulder injury, not having to thought about how it can completely change your life. Turns out, Inky busted an artery in the chest. In the chest, as Inky was bleeding internally, if not treated quickly, he would he would he would have died. The operation was a success. In Inky's work, they they had to take the central vein out of his left leg, plug it into my chest in order to save my life. And that's when they discovered I had severe nerve damage in my right shoulder. Inky Inky completely tore his brachial plaque plexus nerves, nerves connecting from the shoulder that carry movement and sensory signals from the spinal cord to its arms and hands. Inky had been given everything that, that, he, had been, that he, has, he had towards his dream. Ultimately, Inky's lifelong dream of playing NFL would vanish. That is horrifying. 
Like Is that the end? No. Oh, I was like no. That's so sad, Jordan. <laughs> like at first like how they speculated it was just a, sh- a sh- mere shoulder in- injury and then it turns out to be that. Yeah, football's no joke. It's kind of scary because stuff like that can just like end mm-hmm. your career. Football it is can no joke. Stop you right in your tracks. While in the hospital, doctors told Inky I got some good news and and got and some bad news. Inky's response: You just saved my life. How bad can it get? The doctor stated: Good news is we saved your life. The bad news is is that you have you have nerve dam- da- nerve damage in your right shoulder. We need to send you to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. That there is a strong possibility you can never play the game of football a- again in your life. Inky will never play play another down of football. Nevertheless. Nevertheless, Inky say, no, dis- no disrespect to you, Doc, but I've been working for this ever since I was seven years old. No disrespect to you, Doc, but, but you were in the park with me and my mother my mother when I was seven years old, and, and she was sending me what she got while working at, at Wendy's. No disrespect to you, Doc, but you didn't come up in a two-bedroom home with 14 people sleeping on the floor. No disrespect to you, Doc, but you didn't have, have to miss those meals to stay focused. I never cheated. I never cheated. I have been working towards these dreams ever since I was seven years old. While at the Mayo Clinic, the doctors presented Inky with op- options. We can take we can take the muscles out of your back, back and plug in. We can take the muscles out of out of the back of your left leg and plug it into your right arm. But there's a possibility that you'll end up with a weak left leg and a and a weak right arm for the rest of life. Or we can take nerve damage out of your left arm, left arm and reroute it up your chest down down into your right arm. But there's a strong possibility chance that you'll you'll end up with two weak arms for the rest of your life. Or we can take the nerve nerve out of your left rib, reroute it in, into your chest down to your right arm. But there's a possibility that that you'll be you'll be left with a breathing power in a weak right arm for the rest of your life. By the way, you have until the morning to tell us what you want to do. All this happens at the age of age of 20 years old. The following day, the doc- following day, Inky walks up to your doctor's office to say, "No disrespect to you, doc, but cut me where you need to cut me, as I know I'll come out of this." And Inky's, Inky's, Inky got got cut six times down down his left thigh, one time across his left shoulder, one time across his right shoulder, plus a cut on his right pec, right rib, and bottom of his armpit, all the way down from bottom of his hand, with over 350 staples. He was bandaged from the neck down after. After this experience, the next after after this experience, the next week he attended classes and had to learn how to write and and relearn relearn how to do everything utilizing his left arm. Inky transitioned from being a football player to a motivational speaker, where he devotes his time mentoring athletes and underprivileged youth. Ultimately, Inky earned his master's degree in in sports psychology from the University of Tennessee. That that to this day and to present day, Inky ha- has had a burning desire to use his situation and experience to add value to, to people's lives. Not only not that, Inky's injury turned him into an inspiration. It just showed the world the inspirational life he's been living all along. Executives, sports, sports teams, and church members and, and young people all benefit from the raw energy and charisma, charisma of his speaking, whether the topic is leadership, Teamwork or perseverance, Inky inspires his audience to embrace the challenges of life. Inky embodies embodies important part imparts a truly inspirational message through through his walk and talk. Inky is the fortitude of alchemy, the medieval for, the medieval forerunner of chemistry based on the purpose 
based on the sup sup the supposed transformational transformational of matter that was concerned mainly with the attempts to convert base metals into gold or to find a universal esclerites. And that is the story of Inky Johnson. Goodness, so he never did play football again? No. Poor Inky. That's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, 20 years old. That's, can't imagine that. That's really, that hurts. Especially when you got so much going for you and mm -hmm. all your hard work's finally paying off. Yeah, you're working hard and you have, you still have more goals left. Man. But it seems like you made the best out of it. Yeah. That's about all you can do at that point. Mm -hmm. Football's no joke. Football will cripple you. I always say if my kids don't want to do football, they do, they do not have to. <laughs> yeah. All righty, guys. That seems to be all we have for you today. Uh, have a great rest of your week. Uh, stay up to date on homework. Do all the things. Um, and I guess we will see you next week. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Facebook for updates. And we'll see you later. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. The, the worst thing in the world is not growing up in poverty. The worst thing in the world is com is growing up in poverty, coming here, being worshipped, and not taking advantage of this opportunity. Taking advantage of this. You have to take advantage of the opportunity in the lifetime of the opportunity. By Eric Thomas. Get a good one. <laughs> Ooh, that was pretty good. It doesn't want to go. Oh, that was good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. That was a good one. <laughs>